Welcome back to episode 69 of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent in which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen the series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler-free where I give my overall opinion on a series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into Attack on Titan. Season 1 was released in 2013 by Wit Studio. It has 25 episodes and comes in both sub and dub. I watched the series in sub. The story takes place 100 years after humanity nearly faced extinction at the hands of giant creatures. In order to protect themselves, while Sinnoh, while Rosé, and while Maria were built encasing civilization. These massive barriers had preserved life for decades until being breached by a new kind of titan. This invasion caused the population to dwindle with survivors pushing further back into the space remaining. Walls are not the only defenders against the titans. Armed forces divided into three factions were established to maintain prosperity. The garrison is a city guard that protects the inner gates, also responsible for wall maintenance and repairs. It would appear most of the garrison don't take their position seriously, shown by them slacking off and drinking while on duty. The security provided by the walls has caused them to become soft. When Titans broke through Wall Maria, I can't recall any garrison member attempting to cut one down, and they were terrible when it came to using cannons, barely being able to aim. Now the Survey Corps actively leave the comfort of the walls in search of answers, but these expeditions often produce little results and massive casualties. The meltdown of the Survey Corps member witnessed by Aaron as a child was very human, but not helpful. Every onlooker was reminded of what they already knew, Titans rule the outside. The number of walls shielding an individual heavily indicates their place in society, as the center is the most protected. The military police are tasked with guarding elites within Walsina. Many members are corrupt and often abuse their authority, selling supplies for profit. Top candidates in the graduating class are given the reward of choosing their placement. Military police slots being regarded as the superior option are most often taken first. This makes the chances of success destroying Titans minimal due to the best soldiers being the furthest from battle. Our protagonist Aaron Yeager is smart from a young age, recognizing life surrounded by walls is no life at all. Being trapped in the city makes people no different than cattle. Aaron's ambition is to join the Survey Corps not only to satisfy his curiosity, but he feels if answers aren't found, every death in the pursuit of knowledge will have been for nothing. Aaron's mother had good reason to be scared, her child wants to pursue a path with the highest death rate, but Aaron is still young, Mrs. Yeager would have had plenty of time to work on shifting his focus. Yelling and scolding him in a moment of frustration wasn't going to do any good. Aaron learned the hard way to never leave a conversation angry. It could be the last words you have with someone. The mother's death was gruesome. I don't know if I'd be able to watch it happen to somebody in my family. A post I saw before this review revealed what a gangster Mrs. Yeager is. She tells Aaron and Mikasa to abandon her after realizing Titans had entered the city, insisting her legs were crushed so she couldn't run with them anyway. I never gave this a second thought until reading the post. When Mama Bear is fighting to break free of the Titan's grasp, her feet are kicking. Her legs weren't crushed, she only said that so the kids would get to safety. That hits so hard, self-sacrifice to protect the one she loves. Aaron is more driven than anyone after losing his mother. He inspires many to join the Survey Corps with his rants of killing all Titans, but had to eat a big slice of humble pie by begging others for advice on staying upright in maneuver gear. I think AOT missed an opportunity with this storyline. I wish Aaron's inability to balance wasn't caused by faulty equipment. I wanted him to desperately try and continue to fail. Imagine the fire that would be lit if not being able to operate maneuver gear caused him to be ineligible for the Survey Corps. 
I'd have him relegated to one of the support positions like refilling air tanks or manufacturing blades. When the Titans attack Tross, have him run out to find Mikasa and Harmon, that's when I would have him picked up off the street and eaten, activating his first transformation. Having Aaron go from stock boy to Titan fighting for the humans would have been a cool story. Then during his hearing, I would have everybody be like, we're supposed to trust our survival to someone who couldn't even make it through basic training. Plus, it's not like Aaron uses his maneuver gear aside from the one time he went full badass attempting to take down the Colossal Titan. He was so game to kill that behemoth and even had a direct line to its neck, you could tell the Colossal Titan was shook because it reverted back to human form. When it came to Titan Aaron, they did him so dirty, pointy ears, nose, and chin, he didn't even have cheeks, teeth were all exposed on his face. However, I did really enjoy Titan Aaron punching everything with such force it shatters bone ripping apart his arm. Now, I didn't agree with Rico's speech on how everyone was dying for Aaron, saying they're not pawns and he should remember that. I saw it the other way, these clowns were going to die regardless or be cowards and run from the fight. Titan Aaron was a ray of hope, he's in the line of fire for them. When Aaron's Titan ability was first revealed, a squad tried to execute him and his friends with cannon fire. While this was a very real reaction, people tend to fear what they don't understand, they're lucky Aaron kept his focus on killing Titans. I would have abandoned the people who turned on me. See how far they get without the Titan power they fear so much. Good luck sealing the hole in the wall. Bye. I thought Aaron snapped on the boat after the death of his mother, but he already had that rage inside him. He wrecked Mikasa's grown captors with no effort, inspiring her to fight. Mikasa admired Aaron ever since that event and takes it upon herself to look after him. She forces Aaron to eat during the food shortages and enlisted in basic training to watch over him. Mikasa picked up where Aaron's mother left off, trying to convince him to drop the idea of being a soldier. When that failed, she followed him into battle, making sure he didn't throw his life away. One of their moments I shouldn't have found funny but did is Mikasa asking Aaron not to die when they are separated during the attack on Wal Rose. Aaron's like, I won't die, followed by him losing a leg, having an arm bit off, then drowning in human blood and stomach juices. If you want to talk about strong female characters, Mikasa is a badass in fights and considered one of the best recruits in history. This is no surprise, even as a young girl she was a problem. Aaron thought he chased away a group of bullies but they only ran because of Mikasa. Witnessing the murder of her parents was traumatizing and getting revenge like she did would turn anyone to a savage. Mikasa is the first person shown killing a titan and if that wasn't awesome enough, she embarrassed the pompous ass blocking people's escape with a wagon. How's a corpse going to talk? That's a tough line. Mikasa was always on Aaron's case but if anyone has the right to be annoyed with her, it's Armin. That girl already has a beautiful face and titan wrecking skills, why would she steal Armin's hairstyle? It's the one unique thing he's got. He looks like a blonde version of Coconut Head from Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. Armin is not strong physically but develops into a strategist. While highly intelligent, he needs to learn to shut up or knock on wood. A hundred years apiece flushed down the toilet by Armin declaring the walls may not protect society forever, they could be breached today. Cue the colossal titan to soccer kick the gate in. Armin shared similar ideas to Aaron about the need for humanity to progress past the walls, but lost hope after his grandfather was sent off to die. Still, Armin chose to enlist with his friends. And did no one else find it strange that the military let everyone keep their hair? I get for the visuals of a show having all the characters with a shaved head would be wild, but I'm surprised Armin didn't get the Connie special, one guard all around. Armin is no coward, he faced the cannon happy squad to convince them Aaron wasn't a threat, and stabbed Titan Aaron to get him back to his senses which led to the busted gate being blocked with the boulder. He also put himself at risk exiting the tunnel to distract the female titan, but luckily she went after Mikasa. I really wanted to start Nan Armin's section talking about his hair. 
It can be argued Annie spared Armin because she likes him, but I think it's because when she's in Titan form, they have an identical hairstyle. Coming into this series, I thought Captain Levi was a villain. I knew Aaron was a main character and had seen an ad of Levi beating the brakes off of him while bound to a post. After watching, I now have context to why that happened. I also thought he'd be pompous. Levi is called Fussy by Hanji and came off as a germaphobe with a look of disgust on his face when Titan remnants were covering his blade. These misconceptions were cleared up when Levi, without hesitation, grabbed the blood-covered hand of his dying comrade, declaring his death meant something and it would push Levi to fight harder. Now I understand they're not related, but the name Ackerman will go down in history. Levi and Mikasa slaughter more titans than entire combat units. The members of the Survey Corps Special Operations serving under Levi are supposed to be elite, but I can't see it. Assuming they've been in the field for four years, they don't seem impressive. Mikasa in the Battle of Tross executed 10 titans by herself, surpassing Petra and Gunther while achieving 25% of Bozat's career in a single day. I found it funny Aaron is expected to trust Squad Levi. They were all ready to execute him after his hand transformed when reaching for the spoon. A bite that didn't even break their skin as an apology wouldn't gain my respect. Speaking of trust, this crew's blind loyalty in Levi led to all of their deaths. None of them knew the plan and followed orders riding into the forest. They were completely taken off guard by Hooded Annie and Gunther got bodied. While the rest did well ripping apart the eyes and shoulder muscles of the female titan, she still killed them. I think if they were made aware of a traitor, things would have went differently. Dr. Jaeger was said to have prevented a pandemic in the city, receiving gratitude from many. Where was this man during COVID-19? The biggest question left by the good doctor is what happened to him? He's shown rushing back to find his family and shown us some dream sequences, but then we never see him again this season. Aaron was told by his father they have a secret that could shed light on everything. I'm not sure I'd share that information easily. Years have passed. If Aaron were to drag Levi's elite squad to the basement of his house and the contents had been cleared out, destroyed, or not helpful, he'd look like an idiot. Commander Irwin was smart. He used the existence of answers to flush out traitors in the recruitment class. He wanted to see who would appear interested in that information and stick around. Another genius move was telling everyone a separate location of where Aaron would be in the formation. That way, whichever section is attacked narrows the suspect list. Irwin seems like a good man, but one thing didn't sit right. He ordered Levi to refuel on Aaron's stock up on blades, keeping him away from his squad while they were slaughtered. I get Erwin has no issue with sacrifice, but it felt like he left them to be needlessly killed. The scariest things about Titans, excluding the sentient ones, is they have no purpose. They don't eat to survive or even have a digestive system. They feed on humans until full, regurgitate, then start again. What surprised me is how agile they are. When the middle guard are zipping through the city, a Titan jumped up on a tower killing Thomas. Seeing one move like that made me understand why killing these things is more complex than simply sneaking up behind for an open shot at their neck. I can grasp why people give up on defeating titans and take a cozy position behind Walsina. The female titan is awesome and when she was spinning a soldier by their maneuver gear cables, I was laughing my ass off. That was so gangster. Titan Aaron on the other hand sucks. He couldn't land a shot against the female titan when she had one eye and no arms. Then she sliced his head off with a kick. But what goes around comes around. Levi may not have killed the female titan, but he wrecked her shit when retrieving Aaron. Annie is a lone wolf and doesn't work well with others. She is one of the best soldiers when it comes to efficiency and combat skills. Watching her beat both Aaron and Reiner in knife training was awesome. Annie didn't do well hiding her frustrations, but that's not what gave her away as the female titan. I want to ask a question and encourage people to message the anime deep dive email or Instagram to answer. Were any of you not aware Annie was the female titan immediately? I thought it was obvious for this reason. 
Annie has a unique nose when compared to the other characters in the series. It was a very prominent feature. Usually an artist has one, maybe two different ways to draw ears and noses. Don't believe me? Look at DBZ or Demon Slayer. So when the female titan first appeared and it had a matching nose plus blonde hair, I instantly knew it was Annie. Why I'm asking if anyone else knew right away is because I watch a few reaction channels and up until Annie's transformation outside the tunnel, people were still uncertain if it was her. I was shocked I didn't see the resemblance. Applying the same logic, I wanted to see if I could figure out the other titans' identities during my second viewing. I suspected Reiner due to the similar blonde hair and I'm convinced he's the armored titan. Watching now with the assumption Reiner is the armored titan, it makes all his scenes appear menacing. Especially when the training officer is narrating everyone's profile and states Reiner is trusted by his comrades, what a scumbag. He murdered thousands and pretends to be with the humans. Reiner was questioning what people knew about Titan Aaron during the briefing to retrieve supplies, and when the plan included lowering people in the lift as bait, Armin apologizes to the strikers for placing the burden of everyone's lives on them. Reiner pipes up immediately like it's fine. Of course it is, you've killed many people already, what's a handful more? When Armin was explaining his observations of the female Titan, Reiner had an expression that said Armin is too smart for his own good. I didn't realize until a second watch, but all the Titans are working together. The female Titan demolished the right flank first, which is where Reiner was told Aaron would be. After he escaped from her hand, she goes in the correct direction for Aaron. Reiner whispered Aaron's location in her ear while clenched in the fist. I remember the armor and Colossal Titans work together when taking down Walmaria. Then it dawned on me, Bertolt is the Colossal Titan. If Reiner and Bertolt are from the same town, I doubt one could be a Titan without the other knowing. There were no obvious tells like Annie's nose, but his face could be a match. Now, I will never lie on this channel. I didn't want to look like a complete moron if it turned out I was completely wrong with these predictions, so I googled who the Colossal Titan was. I didn't get into any details, just the identity. I still have no idea of their motivation or purpose. I'm shocked I didn't figure it out while first watching this season. The two Titans go dark for years and reappear one day after everyone graduated. I should have known they were recruits. The first time Aaron came out of the Titan, Reiner, Annie, and Bertolt didn't look surprised. They were also the ones to react when Titan Smoke appeared after Aaron protected Mikasa and Armin from the cannon blast. For the one year anniversary of Anime Deep Dive, I started a three part bonus episode on popular anime that weren't of interest to me. I mentioned there were other shows that would have been on the list if I hadn't given them a chance. Attack on Titan was one of those series. I want to explain why it didn't appeal to me at first and what changed my mind. Before I had Crunchyroll Premium, I would always see ads for AOT. The initial turnoff, which I find stupid now, is how lifelike the characters were. Especially their eyes, it weirded me out. The colors were another drawback. I was used to bright, vibrant visuals like a Konosuba. When you see a poster for that series, it jumps out at you. AOT dealt in earth tones, all the browns and greens don't really pull you in. Even the red of Mikasa's scarf was dull, there was no pop to it. Actually watching the series, I now see the color reflects the drab world these characters live in. The next issue was the Titans themselves. I mean, whose first impression of these things wasn't what the hell? The creepy smiles to the way they run, I was confused to what this show was. Now I have ears, it's not like I didn't hear all the praise the series received, but what forced me to start AOT was a clip of Levi vs. Beast Titan. It was showing up everywhere, and I only saw the part of Levi spiraling down its arm shredding the skin. I had an inner dialogue that said you can go about this one of two ways. Press play and enjoy the fight, or give this series the respect it deserves and watch the entire thing. I've only seen the first season so far and have done a great job of not spoiling myself on future events. Anytime I see an AOT character or Titan on Instagram, I scroll past it. I'm actually quite proud of how well I've done.
Now my only issue with this season was the battle for Tross second half was mind-numbingly slow. Seeing it a second time, I didn't feel that way at all. A similar situation happened during my review for Rising of the Shield Hero, where I thought a middle axe pacing dragged out, but watching it again it was fine. If I had to give a reason to why it comes off slow is a lack of an environment change. A good 9 episodes straight is on city rooftops. While on the subject of the city, let's get into some highlights. During its destruction, some shots of the houses and surrounding wall reminded me of the attack on Monterey Joni in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. AOT actually did a good job combating anime time by freezing moments. Some examples would be Eren before he flipped Jean on his head in the dining hall, or Mikasa before stabbing the kidnapper choking Eren. Any other series would have Eren being strangled for 3 minutes straight while Mikasa dealt with her emotions. This was stupid, but when everyone was headed to the supply cellar, Reiner jokingly says stabbing a titan in the ass is another vital area in addition to its neck. Later when one of the squads is trying to get the attention of some titans, it's not until he screams I'll shove my blades up your stinking ass do they turn around and acknowledge him. Maybe the bum is a secret weak spot. All the camera movements and sequences involving maneuver gear are sick. You need some cojones to strap into a set. Some of these nutjobs are doing flips and barrel rolls with these things, if I needed to use the gear, I'd feel much safer in the woods connecting to giant trees. These characters are launching themselves through the city, scraping the streets. I'd be worried a hook wouldn't penetrate a building enough to support firing me through the air. Or it would ricochet off stone like it did to Armin and Connie. Yuki Kaji was not only Aaron's voice actor, but Issei from High School DxD. I heard no similarities between these characters, most likely because one's screaming about titans while the other one yells about boobs. It was a trip to see them voiced by the same person. Mikasa is voiced by Yui Ishikawa, who is also Ellie in Assassin's Pride. Funny both these characters are powerhouses with blank expressions who care for someone else more than themselves. Hiroshi Kamiya not only voiced Levi, but Yuzuru from Angel Beats. Then I saw he was also the voice of Shinji from the Fate series, and my opinion of him completely nosedived. Now let's get into some nitpicks. Pardon this upcoming pun, but they didn't need to hand Moses' mother his severed arm. I mean, that was vicious. A simple, your son didn't make it would have sufficed. I get no man left behind, but if that's all you could retrieve, just leave it. People who Aaron had trained with the previous three years were obliterated in the Battle of Trost. How pissed would the military be? They spent years training, feeding, and investing in these recruits. Then on the first day out, so many died. When Armin is eaten by the old man Titan, he swallowed whole, which has never happened to any other person. That's a shining example of plot armor. When Eren saves Armin from being swallowed by a titan, he's holding its mouth open by shoving a blade between its teeth right into the gums. That looked awful, could you imagine having that done in real life? Something I wonder about is imagine your house survived a titan attack, you'd be grateful as all hell, but then you see roof tiles knocked off where the garrison was running across it or holes through your brickwork from where maneuver gear was shot in, like who's going to pay for that? Dr. Jaeger discovers Mikasa's mother's murdered body and tells Eren to wait at the base of the mountain alone. Dummy, the killers could be anywhere and you leave your 9 year old son to fend for himself? Great parenting. When everyone is lowered into the supply basement to lure the titans, they are lucky the titans fell into position at the same time walking to the gun barrels face first. I wanted one of the titans to reach out their hand and grab some of these fools. When Aaron tears away from his titan body still connected by muscle fibers, it looks so painful and gross. While going to save Gene as he tried to replace a malfunctioning maneuver gear part, Marco zipped in front of a titan's face to get its attention, he could have simply shot behind the head and sliced its neck. Connie did the same thing moments later, instead bumping into the side of the titan's head. 
Putting Aaron in cuffs for his trial or even in prison was stupid. He could transform at any time and kill everyone if he desired. When Annie as the female Titan was chasing the Survey Corps, how did she sneak away from the military police and not be noticed missing for an entire day? When the 57th Expedition is given the all-clear, Squad Levi is returning through the forest having a conversation. They're swinging on the same maneuver gear wire without refiring for a long time. It wasn't very realistic. I was pissed when bodies were thrown off the wagon to lighten the load. I understand it's difficult to kill a Titan in an open space without a point to connect maneuver gear, but they've taken a few down that way, so it's not impossible. Quote of the series. Aaron, the reason you couldn't save your mother is that you lacked the strength. The reason I didn't fight the Titan is I lacked the courage. That was an honest moment in a stressful situation. Best girl waifu and harem. Best girl is Sasha. You may ask how Sasha is best girl when she goofed a lot of situations, like missing her cuts along with Connie during the surprise attack in the cellar. When rescuing Samuel by running down the wall, she did shoot him through the calf, but that's better than dying. All these imperfections can be explained away by hunger. Sasha always has food on her mind. During the induction ceremony, she saluted with a spud over her heart and presented the smaller half to the drill sergeant when offering to share. I was laughing my ass off. Her reason for eating the potato before it went cold while respected by me forced the military to see a real project to break down before building back up. When she asked if Mikasa was going to finish her bread and Mikasa's response was to eat it in front of Sasha's face, that was another funny moment, showing just how savage Mikasa is. And when Mikasa blamed Aaron and Jean's scuffle on Sasha, she made up for it by stuffing Sasha's face with bread. Now, some people might be asking how Best Girl is not Mikasa. It's because she's annoying. Mikasa was an asshole for snitching on Aaron when he wanted to join the Survey Corps. I understand her desire to protect him, but she goes overboard. Mikasa needs to get off Aaron's nuts, or better yet, confess her love and get on them. It's embarrassing when Aaron himself has to constantly tell her to back off. Now Sasha is not a waifu and none of these girls would be in my harem. You can't get attached out here with the way characters are killed off in this series. Final thoughts. Attack on Titan is great. I understand why it receives such high praise. The fighting was dope, the world is grim, and I hope to see what's so further beyond the walls. I would recommend everyone check out AOT, and I'm excited to move on to the next season sometime in the future. Alright, that's going to be it for this week's review. Hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.